0: Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner and here I will teach you the tips, tricks and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you could join us on the show. Welcome. To episode 54 of the One for the Money podcast, I am so very grateful you've taken the time to listen. Recently, I read that one of investors' chief concerns is the upcoming presidential election that occurs in November of this year. It seems every year we are told that this is the most important election of our lifetimes, only for the next election to be even more important than that. In this episode, I'll share why elections do and do not matter for investors. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I'll share a tip on how to get more out of voting. Well, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. As I've mentioned before on this podcast, I was born in Alberta, Canada. In fact, I was born in a tiny town that is located just 30 miles north of the border of the United States with nothing but farmland in between me and America. I was so close, but yet politically so very far. I was blessed to have been born and raised in Canada, but Canada is like my wonderful mother. I didn't have a choice who my birth mother or birth country would be. Whereas the United States is more like my wife. I had a choice who I would marry and I am very happy with my choice of America and of course with my real life American wife. So I have a different perspective having been a citizen of two countries as well as having the tremendous privilege of traveling to more than a dozen other countries around this beautiful world. And because of my experiences, I've come to one conclusion and that is the United States of America is the single greatest country In the world. Nowhere else even comes close. And it's all for simply one reason freedom. There is more freedom in the United States than any other nation on planet Earth. There is no better country that lives up to this promise for her citizens life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, many may be familiar with Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs. From the bottom of the hierarchy upwards, the needs are physiological, safety, love and belonging, esteem and self-actualization. There is no country better suited for people to achieve all the levels than the United States of America. Yes, America has challenges with safety and education, but taken together, the amazing opportunities and freedom this land provides is superior all because of our wonderfully inspired constitution written by our very imperfect yet still inspired Founding Fathers. But these Founding Fathers understood the importance that freedom plays in our pursuit of happiness and how that freedom is in peril when power is concentrated in the hands of a few. As Abraham Lincoln said so well, all men can handle adversity, but if you really want to test a man or woman's character, give them power. Our Founding Fathers understood that power corrupts, And absolute power corrupts absolutely, and for these reasons, they put tremendous checks on the powers of government to limit their influence on the freedoms of America's citizens. In doing so, they provided many more freedoms for the citizens of the United States than any other nation where they could go on and pursue their happiness allowing us individually to determine our ultimate destiny. The freedoms enshrined in the Constitution has enabled America to drive the progress of humanity further than any other nation in history. The most profound developments and technological innovations have come from America, and the incentives provided by capitalism have lifted more people out of poverty than anything else. Nothing comes close. Here are just a few examples of what has been accomplished. Global poverty rates have been reduced by 50% in the past 20 years. A hundred years ago, three quarters of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. Today, it's less than 10%. That's the power of free economies and the markets. America is far and away the largest economy in the world and has been for nearly 80 years and has driven this reduction. In 1980, just 24% had modern sanitation, but now about 70% of the world does. Of course, surveys show that only 1% of people are even aware of this tremendous progress. Child mortality is at the lowest it's ever been. In less than three decades, the figures have more than halved. Human life expectancy has doubled over the past century from 36 years in 1920 to more than 72 years today. Now, others might be thinking, that's all great, but what about the environment? Well, it's better than it's ever been in history. The deadliest environmental problem, air pollution, was four times more likely to kill you in 1920 than today. Now, weather-fixated television news would make us think that disasters are getting worse. They're actually not. Around 1900, 4.5% of the land area of the world would burn every year. In 2021, it was just 2.5%. And in 2023, scientists revealed that two-thirds of the Great Barrier Reef showed the highest coral cover since records began in 1985. Polar bear numbers have been increasing. There were between five and 10,000 in the 1960s, and yet there are over 26,000 today. But we often don't hear this news. Solar power has fallen in cost by 95% just since 2008, and the U.S. economy produces nearly four times as much goods and services as it did in 1990, but is producing 8% less CO2 emissions all while doing so. That is the greatness of America's leadership, all made possible by the Constitution because it checks the power of government and allows individuals the opportunity to innovate and create the financial incentives to do so. This wouldn't be possible without the checks on power. How can this be? Because you don't see this same level of innovation in any other country. Other countries have contributed significantly, but nowhere close to the United States of America because we have more freedom because of the checks on power. A reminder of these checks, we have three branches of government. The president, also known as the executive branch, Congress, also known as the legislative branch, and the Supreme Court, also known as the judiciary branch. The president is elected independently of the legislative branch and is elected every four years. In most other countries, the executive, namely a prime minister, is part of the legislative branch. Essentially, the speaker of the house is the leader of the country. Imagine that. The United States is unique in that the president is directly elected. Congress is voted on independently as well with the House being voted on every two years and the Senate voted on every six. Many other countries don't have an independently elected Senate. Instead, they have appointed members that have no real influence on the power in a country. Now, while Congress and the president are voted into office, the Supreme Court is nominated by the president but approved by the Senate. But the Supreme Court is insulated from political swings as they are nominated for life. Now, when it comes to passing laws, all three branches of the government serve as a check on one another. The U.S. Congress passes the laws, but the president can veto the laws. However, Congress has the ability to override the veto, and finally, the Supreme Court can strike down laws that are deemed unconstitutional. There are so many more ways in the United States for the powers of government to be limited so more freedoms remain with we the people. Now, you probably didn't want to listen to this episode to get a lesson about the United States government, but it's critical for investors and financial planning because there's no other country that does more for your portfolio and standard of living than the United States of America. Fully 65 to 70% of all investment portfolios have U.S. stocks. All of this is because of the inspired U.S. Constitution. Yes, the founding fathers were not perfect, Yes, there were and are some horrible legacies in the United States, and there are still problems today. But the greatness of America significantly dwarfs any of our current challenges. Now, if a person doesn't believe this about America, they are willingly ignorant and most likely haven't traveled around the world. As St. Augustine said, the world is like a book, and those who don't travel only read one page. Years ago, I was listening to a news program who interviewed an American gentleman that had traveled to every single country in the world, and they asked him what he learned. And he said the biggest lesson was how great the United States of America is based on what he saw in the other countries. And that's been my same experience as well. So ultimately, elections really do not have consequences Because of the remarkable checks on powers, on governments' ability to curb the rights of individuals. For that reason, we are free to build the industries that transform the world. Because of these checks, the outcomes of elections have very little impact on the stock market, which can serve as a barometer for the economy. Now, the U.S. stocks have trended up regardless of whether a Republican or a Democrat won the White House. $1,000 invested in the S&P 500 when FDR became president in 1933 would have been over 19 million in 2023. I'll say that again. $1,000 invested in the S&P 500 when FDR became president in 1933 would have grown to over 19 million in 2023. During that time, there have been seven Republican and eight Democratic presidents. Now, the primary season tends to be volatile, but markets have bounced back strongly afterward. Stocks have returned around 11.3% in the 12 months following primaries, compared to 5.8% in similar periods of non-election years. Investors often get nervous and move into cash during election years. The net asset flows into money market funds have more than tripled, in the election years than the year after the election. But staying on the sidelines has rarely paid off. It's time, not timing, that matters most. The S&P 500 index had negative returns in only two of the last 20 election years, the year 2000 and the year 2008. And both declines were largely attributed to asset price bubbles rather than politics. 2000 was the dot-com or dot-bomb, and 2008 was the great financial crisis. Now, there are three hypothetical scenarios of $10,000 invested during each election cycle. And so we're looking back at 22 election cycles since 1932. Now, if you were fully invested that time, that $10,000 would have had an average ending value of over fifteen thousand eight hundred. If it was invested the entire time, it would have been the best outcome out of 22 cycles, 14 times, and it would have had the worst outcome six times out of 22. Now, if you made consistent contributions during an election cycle, similar to what a 401k would have, that 10,000 would have grown to just slightly less, which would have been $15,700 dollars. It would have been the best outcome, five out of 22 of the election cycles. And it would have been the worst outcome, zero out of the 22 election cycles. Now, if you sat on the sidelines and were nervous how the elections affected the market, and you waited until January 1st after the election results, the 10,000 would have grown to just 14,900. Close, but not as much. It would have been the best outcome just three out of the 22 historical election cycles and would have been the worst outcome in 16 of the last 22 election cycles. This data is courtesy of guide and I'll include a link to the show notes. Now, if you look at history, often the best times in the marker was when there was divided government. It wasn't one party versus another. It was when there was an acquirement for them to collaborate or when government was limited in its ability to impact the economy so workers and businesses could excel unimpeded by government intervention. The stock market has climbed in Democratic administrations. The stock market has dropped in Republican administrations. The stock market has climbed in Republican administrations and the stock market has declined in Democratic administrations. Of course, this all brings us to 2024. Both parties, most likely nominee, are hugely unpopular. A majority of Americans can agree on one thing. They don't want either one of them to be president, and yet that's the matchup we might see. More a reflection that there are problems with the party's nomination process than anything else. Because 2024 is so fraught and tenuous, and many of the leading voices in each party are undesirable, many are tempted to claim that this time is different, that the very freedoms are in balance, I believe those fears are incredibly overblown for the reasons I shared earlier regarding the checks on government power. While there are many things that concern me from the national deficit, the runaway spending by both parties, and how unaccountable government departments assume too much power that isn't subject to these checks on power, I still believe the United States is the best hope in the form of government that currently exists because it gives much more freedom to its citizens. Interestingly though, It turns out that this time could actually be different, or at least different than it's been for a very long time. For example, we could have the House choose the President of the United States, which hasn't happened since 1824, exactly 200 years ago. What a bicentennial that would be. I'll explain how this can come about. Because both nominees for each party are hugely unpopular, it's the first time in a long time where a third party or more centrist candidate could win enough votes to significantly impact the race. Not only from taking votes from either candidate, but conceivably winning the popular vote of states would force the election of the president to be decided by the House of Representatives if no candidate gets the 270 electoral votes needed. This is the one exception to the president being directly elected. While that would certainly cause some turmoil in this country, albeit it's an outcome I would think have a very low probability, I still believe in America and its constitution. That's not to say I don't have huge concerns with the politicians, the media, and academia, to name a few, but I believe that America will get back to its moderate center where most people are aligned and the radicals in the political, media, and academic class will have less influence. But of course, that is only if we do our part to vote. This is where elections do have long-term consequences. There are big challenges the next Congress and president will need to tackle. There are two significant wars and increased threats of additional wars. And then there are the domestic issues we have to deal with. Our current deficit is around $32 trillion, And the Congressional Budget Office projects it'll reach $52 trillion in just 10 years' time. Both parties have been disastrous at spending, especially during COVID. So it's imperative you choose your candidates wisely, regardless of party. While I'm optimistic about America, I'm also realistic that things only get better when we decide to take the actions necessary to bring it about. Many could complain about government, media, and academia, but if one fails to take actions to make the changes by voting, not just in the general elections, but the primary elections as well. Primary elections typically occur in the early winter and spring, where you select the candidates you will vote on in November. If we aren't active in our political process, then we are allowing people to be our representatives that don't represent our values. If we don't do anything and just complain, well, that's on us. It's very similar to what Cassius said to Brutus in William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar play. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves. And I would add, in our efforts to vote. Now, we may have to go through some painful lessons first. But I believe we'll get there eventually. Better late than never, but no better place than the US of A. And for those reasons, we don't change our investments because of an election, but rather we match our investments with our specific goals, as I outlined in episode 52 of this podcast. Well, thank you again for listening. I do hope you found this helpful. Now, on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share a few tips regarding how to have even more influence on electoral outcomes. I became enamored with the US political system while I was living in Canada. I studied US politics and gained an understanding of this fascinating system. A few years later, I was blessed to move to the United States of America. But because I was still a Canadian citizen at the time, I obviously couldn't vote in the elections but there was nothing against volunteering. I knocked doors and served as a precinct captain. Sounds way more impressive than it actually is. And while I was still a Canadian, through my volunteer efforts, I personally met with multiple members of Congress, their staff, the future governor of California, and even a very young Elon Musk at a campaign fundraising event. And although I wasn't able to vote all of my American friends were able to do so. But because they knew I was aware of politics, they would ask for my opinion on how they should vote in the elections and on the ballot initiatives here in California. And herein lies my tip. If you take the initiative to understand the elections and especially the ballot propositions, you can provide guidance to multiple other voters on how to vote, magnifying the result that can have a huge effect. Your endorsement holds way more weight than some politician, businessman, or celebrity. Again, I hope you found this helpful. And remember, a better life is a result of better voting and better planning. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.